This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ, PK, and it is time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. It should be welcome Joe and his friends and his little <laughs> friends, DJ and PK. <laughs> Your assistants. <Shorter>. <laughs> Uh, the Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. Well, Joe, we always talk about it's nice if you can win before you come on because it's so much more fun and you're in a better mood. Was there any point in that Detroit game where you thought it was going to get away and 28 points uh, went uh, down to four uh, and they had the ball? Uh, no. <laughs> that a kid. I mean, um, no, I mean, it's. I've said it a million times and, and it probably. It probably is is more this year than than any other previous years. I, I mean, we're playing we're playing against NBA teams. There's, there's really good players on every team, um, and even more this year. I mean, we've obviously got probably more of a target on our back with our record and the way we've been playing and the streak we had and all that. Obviously, teams know the level that, that we're playing at and and, got, and teams and players and individuals and coaches are ready for us so um i mean as you guys know no lead in the nba is really that safe um until kind of the end of the game but um yeah i mean it's well we we're going to get every team's best shot and um it's a good thing for our group we we, we kind of learn i don't think we weren't focused or anything last night in, in patches. I think we, I mean, they got more physical at one point and, and made some shots. We missed some shots in a row and, and they went on a little run. And I mean, a lot of it's um, a game of runs and we were able to obviously kind of with, withheld that. And we, we were lucky that we played well early on as well to get that lead. But um, yeah, another, another good win against a, a good kind of competitive team. I think that's a real important point. You know, you have the best record in the league today. You didn't have it yesterday, but you had it a couple days before that. But the point being, you are one of the better teams in the league, and guys in the league know who those teams are. So what does this team need to do to make sure that it's matching the intensity because you are going to get everybody's best shot now? Yeah. um, I mean, it's easy from a kind of competitive standpoint because regardless of who we're playing or our record or whatever it is, we obviously want to win as many games as possible. So um, as a, as a player and a competitor and um, it's really not that hard. I I think it's, there's different times and games and situations where you're more tired or, or whatever with, with the schedule and you've, you've got to kind of find a, find another level to to help kind of pick you up a little bit. But uh, I, I mean, I've said it, this year a few times where we've got this kind of extra motivation to just keep getting better and better and we 
we want to just <laughs> we want to win as many games as possible, and that's we're going to win ugly. We're, we're going to win pretty sometimes. We're, we're going to have games that are close. We're going to have thirty point leads at times. It's going to be all different situations, and I think we've kind of had a lot of them already in the first twenty odd games, and, and we've been able to handle the majority of them apart from a couple kind of early on. So um, yeah, just staying kind of that that competitive, keep getting better. Uh, mindset and like I said we'll, we'll we'll just keep finding different ways to win different guys are going to step up different guys are going to play well at different times and um, we, we've just got to be ready like you said we've got to be ready for everyone's best shot they're going to be they're going to be ready for us whether it's they get to play against Rudy or they get to play against Donovan or because of our record or, or whatever it is um, yeah we've got, we've got to be switched on every night you know, I thought, and, and I know you can be a little self-deprecating, you know, you were fortunate and you played well early, but I, I didn't think it was an accident. I thought it it probably, there's a little urgency after the Denver game, but I thought you guys were really sharp and crisp early on. Guys were cutting hard with a purpose, and nobody was passing up open shots. Guys, if they were open, they were taking it and, and largely making it. How much did you feel a little sense of urgency because of just a single loss in the last 12 games? For sure. No, it was- I don't think you ever want to like overthink it or, or like one loss doesn't make us a, a bad team or one win doesn't make us a, the, the best team ever. Like it's finding that balance of, of what, what we need to do each day to, to keep getting better and better. And um, I mean, you look at that Denver game and obviously we didn't play great more on the defensive end. I think we still had 120 points or something like that. We still, we still scored the ball. Um, even though we didn't shoot as well as we thought or, or whatever it was. But it was a few things defensively that we, we obviously could have done better, giving up 130, whatever it was, 130 or whatever it was. So um, you, you don't overthink it. We, we, I don't think no one was kind of down in the dumps or, or anything. But, yeah, it just makes you – I mean, it makes you want to play right away. We, we probably could have played – a game right after that Denver game and probably beat anybody. Like you, you just feel that urge to, to want to get out there and fix the mistakes you had. And like you, you think of obviously yourself or what you could have done more. And uh, I think the guys were, were, were just excited. Obviously that it was only one game, but just to, to get back home again, play in front of our, our fans um, or, or the, the fans that we can have in there. And um, knew it was a, an important game before we, we obviously head, head out today again on another little trip. So you talk about playing right away. You look at February, there's 28 days. you got 14 games. There's nothing you can do about it because you're going to have to play those games either way. But what do you think about that as far as this many games in such a short duration? I know you have to embrace it, but you feel like you're physically prepared for it? Yeah, and I think what helps our team and um, – there's probably not a lot of teams, but we are so deep as well. We've seen, obviously, different nights that different guys have been out for, for whatever reasons, and, and Mia's come in, uh, Juan's come in. We, we've had different guys um, have to come in and kind of play play different roles. I've gone and started and played more minutes or whatever the situation is. So um, I think, I mean... I don't want to look into the future too far, but I'm sure at some point in those games, guys' minutes or fouls or, or, or fatigue, like whatever it is, depending on the situation, is, is, we've got the luxury to be able to throw 
12 guys, <laughs> however many guys coach needs to throw out there to give give more rest or, or depending on the situation. So we're, we're pretty lucky with that. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, obviously we don't get a choice. You, you get the schedule you're given and you, you figure it out around that. And we're uh, on the other side of that too. We're also really lucky that we've got, obviously I'm biased, very biased, but we've got the best medical and health team got one of the best facilities with recovery and all that so our guys are super professional with with staying on top of the, the things we need to do to be obviously as close to 100 percent and healthy and non-fatigued as, as possible joe ingles join us on the joe ingles show his little assistant's happy to be able to pop in just for a minute <laughs> while joe's greatness is on display and joe here's something especially this year i really don't know how this operates because the NBA is changing so much with all the COVID rules. So you go on the yeah. road here, and you're going to play Atlanta. Now, you'd seen Detroit before, so at least you had a previous game of experience against them. But you haven't seen Atlanta. Normally, you'd have That's a practice right. you'd get on the plane, but you're playing so many games, Quinn may not want to practice. And then normally you'd have a shoot-around, but I know with the testing and early in the morning, that gets hard to do. So what is the prep? How do you know, hey, these are their guys, these are a couple of their favorite sets and what they like to do, these guys have these tendencies. Where do you get all that info? Because I can't imagine Quinn's letting you fly blind, but I can't imagine you're prepping like you normally do either. Uh, first thing is, you're incorrect. We have played Atlanta already, um, but we haven't played Charlotte and, and whatever. But That was what I meant. Um, Bigger picture, Joe. Sorry I screwed up your show. <laughs> um, and the other thing that you said, is, which is, is correct, is Quinn will not let us go in underprepared. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a fine balance of kind of figuring it out. And Quinn's told us kind of from the start of the year and different times throughout the year that, that, that he'll pick and choose when we when we or when he thinks it's necessary to have a shoot around or, or not. Obviously, um, like you said, I mean, today we fly at a, eleven or something like that. We got a test. Like I, I went in and tested at seven thirty this morning to then be able to take middle of school and then get home for a little bit before obviously taking off again so it's it, it's different routines um like you said same on the road like we have to test and get our results back before we can leave our rooms so we have to walk down to like a, a ballroom or whatever do our test go back to our room until we get our results back and then we can go to shoot around so like you said it's like if we have a 10 o'clock shoot around it takes a couple of hours to do our test, they've got to go to an off-site, um, usually to the other team's facility or whatever, to run the test, which, depending on where you are in the city, it could take hours, like if you're in a bigger city. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. I, I think, again, we've, we, we do have a veteran and, and professional team that um, knows teams, knows players. We get a lot of stuff through... Um, like Zoom or email or whatever, like our, they'll text the slides of players or, or teams. Um, a part of it is also, obviously, us just knowing the teams and players as well. I think we, you've been, uh, a lot of our guys, main guys, um, I mean, even the, the younger guys have been in a couple of years now. So, so you do know guys' tendencies a little bit more. And um, the one thing I guess we can do all the time is we can, we can watch film kind of anywhere, really. Um, we can watch it via Zoom if we have to. Um, I think LA or something was a rule. I don't know if the rule's still there, but when we first went to LA, you could only have 
10 guys in a room or like the capacity of 10 people in a room. So that's kind of half our team. So we, we did it different ways. And I guess one of the things we've embraced this year is just being very fluid with the, the scheduling and, and what can happen and not. So, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, and I can reiterate, Quinn is definitely not going to let us go in underprepared. So we we figure it out each trip and each game what the best way to prepare is. And um, well, we've been really good at just kind of locking in on those like smaller details of what that stuff um, really means in a, in a year like this. Like I said, you can't go to shoot around and walk through plays. So making sure we lock in on a film session so that we are as prepared as we can going into a, a game. So I'm not going to ask you to brag on yourself because after seven years, I know that's a waste of time. You are now the franchise record holder in three-pointers made. Rather than just talk about that, what I do want to ask you is what does it mean to you as you – you're not done yet, obviously, but at this point to make a vital contribution to the franchise? Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. I – I haven't honestly thought about it too much. and uh, Me and Renee and I have spoken a le- about it a little bit at home and stuff, but it was just kind of like that. Like se- I mean, seven years ago, there was, there was zero, te- well, one team, obviously, but at the time, zero teams that wanted me. And the, the Millers, Dennis and, and Quinn, um, obviously gave me a chance and, and brought me in here. And obviously, I'll be forever grateful for, for the Millers and, and the front office and Quinn, obviously, um, to, to give me that chance because I was uh, I don't know, 24 hours away from getting on a flight and going back to, to Australia and playing in the NBL probably. Um, so obviously very, very lucky and, uh, and I obviously realised that, that, that the opportunity they gave me and then to, to have a coach. Um, I've talked about obviously Quinn a lot um, throughout my years on here and, and not how good he is as a coach and all that, but just how good a person he is too. To, he genuinely cares, obviously not just about me, about every player that's been here in some capacity for however long they've been here. He's taken the time to get to know him and, and puts in that effort and it, and it makes you want to do everything you can to play for the guy. And he cares about us. Like he asks about Renee and the kids more than he asks about how I'm feeling. So to have a coach that that's like that and then, with all that, it obviously makes you want to repay him and the franchise. And, and for me, it was, uh, I've said it before, I was on that non-guaranteed and I was was not going to let that kind of slip up and, and let that go. And I was obviously lucky to make the team and then sign a two-year deal. And um, I guess, again, kind of lucky through a little bit of luck with, with injuries and stuff. Um, I got thrown in the starting five for a finals or my first playoff series, and we beat the Clippers. We go on this little run, um, and it's just kind of the evolution. Kind of every year has been something a little bit different. But um, honestly, I've every day, every game, practice, whatever it is, I've really just tried to obviously give everything I possibly can to, to try and repay the Millers, the, the franchise, for, for the opportunity they gave me. So. Um, I mean, seven years ago, I never would have thought... I mean, I never thought I would have been here still, to be honest with you. Um, but to, to, to then break a record and then obviously for it to be a record held by 
a guy that was here for so long and is is the Utah Jazz when you you think of the franchise. So um, yeah, pretty special. I, I like I said, I haven't overthought about it. this. Is probably the most I've talked about it since it happened. Um, probably in the the future years coming up, I'll, I'll think about it more. But I mean, at the end of the day, let's be honest. Donovan's going to steal it off me, and I've already said as soon as. <laughs> As soon as Donovan makes like a bunch of threes in a game, I'm going to blast him in the media and say that he's selfishly <laughs> just doing it to take my record. So, um, no, it's a, I mean, it is an honor. Like, I, I'm slightly proud. Um, and like you said, I don't, I don't really like talking about myself too much, but it is, it is something that's pretty cool that I, I honestly never thought would happen. So, yeah, a massive, obviously a massive thanks to, to the Millers again and, and Dennis and Quinn and, and the fans who were yelling at me to shoot when I was 20 feet open in my first year and I was scared <laughs> to shoot. Um, but yeah, we got there. So <clears throat> let's ask you more to, let's ask you to brag about yourself on some more since, you, since you're already <laughs> in a role and you're in the groove. But I think this is important. I think this is important. And PK will say this till he's blue in the face, but you have more stature than PK and I combined by a mile and a half. So maybe it'll mean more coming from you. But PK worked with people who've made it very big in the media, and he remembers when they were answering phones, taking in high school scores, like the lowest level entry job, and now they work for ESPN and they're big shots, right? And and the fact that you have to work all the time, you said you were lucky and fortunate, and I don't doubt that you were, but I also think there's a foundation of hard work in there. What do you think you did in Spain or in Israel that caught Quinn's eye when he was coaching overseas or caught the eye of an international scout and mentioned something to Dennis or that Dennis saw on film or I don't know maybe he was over there and saw yourself that made them want to call you after the Clippers cut you because there had to be something like and you're okay you're tall and you got a long arm so you got that but what do you think you <laughs> did hey they look for that if you'd been six one, you might not have gotten the call you know True. but you're not so you got it but there still had to be something you did that caught their eye or they wouldn't have called you when you were down in the dumps in L.A. and you were waiting on Ronay to uh, to fly into town. Yeah, I mean, it, um, honestly, I don't. It'd be, it'd be a good question to one day. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to know the answer right now while I'm while I'm still playing for him. But um, I mean, it'd be something that I would. I'd love to to talk to them about when my career is over. Like, what, what exactly was it? Um, I think a part of it, like when you, uh, I've talked about this with you guys before, like every team, I mean, you've got your couple of superstars and, and apart from that, really, it's like finding role players that fit into a specific role for, for that group. And um, I think for me, I think knowing Quinn, I don't know, I knew Quinn before I came here, but playing against me, he, he was in Russia while I was in Barcelona and playing against him. So he would have seen me play a fair bit. And, um, I think that, like, I, I honestly think they, they knew, uh, I think they saw something there. Like, I, I, I feel like there was um, maybe some potential or whatever they saw. Obviously, I was a bit older, but something that, that they thought they could work with that could, could keep growing and, and getting better and, I felt like I had that in myself. I just never thought I was in the right situation to, to really keep getting better. I was I, I played for massive teams and great teams and won a lot, but I was, I mean, I was barely playing. Like I'm not ashamed to say that. Like I was, I was barely playing. I played a role. Uh, I did what I'm similar to what I, I have done here. Like I played a, a smaller role, 
than what I have here, but I played a role in Europe and um, coming here, it was like the same kind of thing. Like I, I had to fit in, I had to find a role. Uh, I think they, they, like I said, they saw something that they could work with. Um, but I think Quinn also knew that whatever he was going to ask me to do, I was going to try and do. And for yeah, whatever I was that first year or two, like 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever position spot on the roster you want to say, uh, I think he knew regardless of minutes or whatever, I was going to come to practice and do what I had to do. Uh, if I got an opportunity, I was obviously going to do my best. And, and at the end of the day, I, I wanted to win. And, and I think Quinn, as we've seen, has built a winning culture at this franchise. Not that they hadn't had it in the past, but those the first few years I got here, we were winning 20 games or whatever. And, and it's hard to win in the NBA, and I think he, he he could have felt that I could help that and, and help be a leader in that, even though probably 75% of the locker room had no idea who I was when I first got here. Um, and like I said, again, I, I when I got here, I, I just felt like I had to repay them and um, that's been kind of my mindset of just being locked in and and trying to give them everything I can every night. And I mean, you guys know I've played some really crappy games and I've played some great games. Um, but I've, I've tried to leave it all out there every night and, and try and not entertain the fans, but give the fans a, a good show and let them enjoy the game and, and play to, to the highest level I can. And um like I said, it's, it's been a good road. It's like this is my retirement speech, but um, <laughs> it's been it's been really fun. And again, I, I mean, I never would have thought I would still be in this position. I never thought, honestly, like breaking a record. Like uh, I, Quinn, Quinn's been a big part of it. Quinn, Quinn's been a, a huge part of my development of, of getting me to this level and, and giving me the confidence to play at this level. Like I was, I mean. Quinn have talked about it. like I was down in the dumps in Europe. Like I was, I was ready to just go back to the NBL and play in Australia because I was just kind of miserable and I, I didn't really want to play that badly. Um, and I mean, Quinn was Quinn's completely kind of turned that that feeling around, and now I feel like I could play forever. Like I, I feel like if he was my coach, I would just keep on finding a way to to be effective. Well, we'd love to have you brag on yourself some more, Joe, but you got to go. I know that. So we'll let you go. Thanks for coming yeah, on. And we'll talk to you again. Maybe before I get on this plane, you guys are asking me all these it's the most serious questions you've ever asked me seven years later. <laughs> well, don't get used to it. I got a bunch of Valentine's Day questions for you next week. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Might skip next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right. Joe Ingles, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, you know, PK, if I, if I had to guess, it's one of the things that you spotted in him right away, and I think it's something he had, is that uh, he was thinking the game a couple steps ahead and he could pass the ball. They knew he could shoot it, and they knew he was a willing passer, and that before the ball hit his hands, he knew where it wanted to go. You know, and he had some size, so why not take a flyer and see what he can do? Yeah, absolutely, man. You've got to give if it's it's Quinn Snyder who was the uh, leader of it, or or Dennis or Lindsay. I'm not sure who it was, but whoever it was, you've got to recognize them for seeing something there because 
you know, it's obvious uh, you need stars, but you also need very, very good role players. And plus, you need those guys who have a desire to win. And that's the great thing about Joe is, you know, he sets this record for threes, and it's probably going to be broken at some point because threes are being taken way more, and Stockton would have had more if he played today. But that's not really the point. It's The point isn't that he's got the record for most threes. The point is that he's making a valuable contribution. That's the point that I was trying to drive home in whatever manner it is. And because he's a great assist guy, too, and he's obviously not going to break Stockton's record there. But here's a kid who was taken off the scrap heap, and now he's developed, and you really have to credit the organization for seeing that because it's a special talent to be able to figure that out, and they put him in a place to succeed. The mark of great coaching is putting guys in the best position individually to succeed, and clearly that testimony that Joe just gave of Quinn Snyder, Quinn Snyder is doing that. And it's not just Joe, right? They did it with Royce. Sure. They've done it yeah. with George Niang. A right. little different with uh, Rudy, but they've done it with Rudy too. Um, mm-hmm. You know. All right, DJ and PK, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, former BYU and Utah Hoop staff member, coming up next. Stay with us.